Welcome back to GA Fan TV. It is the review show. We're going to be looking back all the weekends. Hurling and football action will be, I suppose, looking at Hurling first of all, which is a bit of a first, but I think there's definitely a lot of talking points from the, the All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship this weekend. You think of that incredible win for Westmead versus Wexford, which I don't think most people can still actually get their get their heads around it. And maybe when we see the highlights on the Sunday game a little bit later, we'll know more as to what actually went right for Westmead and what went wrong for Wexford. Um, but we will be looking at the games from the Munster Championship uh, and some of the other remaining games from the, the Leinster Hurland Championship. And then later on, we'll look at uh, some of the games from the football championship as well. Obviously, you had Mayo beating Kerry, which was such a, a big result for, for Mayo. Galway beating Tyrone. Sligo nicking a draw against uh, against Kildare. Brilliant result for, for Sligo. And uh, yeah, we'll be running through all the, the weekend's football action as well. And we will uh, clip that up for uh, for any football fans out there who don't want to sit through uh, some, uh, some, some of the, the weekend's hurling action. So... Yeah, I suppose, Matthew, how's things uh, with yourself, first of all? I mean, a mental weekend of, of GEA. I mean, a lot of surprises and even some some games that we thought were going to be one-sided proved to be absolute stunners and um, definitely a lot of talking points from this weekend's action. Definitely so, Aaron. Thanks for having me on again on your channel. Yeah, like the hurling was absolutely immense today and you couldn't expect anything else from me. Monster hurling, Super Sunday, it was absolutely outstanding, really. And the Westmead and Wexford, to be honest, once Wexford went 16 or 17 points ahead at halftime, I just switched off the, the notifications and it was like, this isn't going anywhere. But somehow Westmead um, dragged it back. And what's meant to know is Wexford could actually get relegated if they lose to Kilkenny next week and Antwerp beat Westmead, which is actually a realistic possibility. So it'd be mad to see Wexford play against, I don't know who would be Christy Ring champions. It'd be probably someone like Derry next year. It'd be absolutely mental. But um, yeah, looking forward to getting into it. Absolutely, absolutely, and I suppose I was saying to you off air, a cork man and a and a Limerick jersey. How does how does that come about? She's like it happens to be the only jersey I have, which is tight fit. So, you know, I, I said I'd wear it anyway. And um, the fact I go to college in Limerick, I've kind of a soft spot for Limerick. Um, you know, G in general, more so the footballers than the horrors, to be honest with you. But um, but yeah, to be honest. Look, it's a good enough county. It's a good enough jersey here. Um, I would ne never wear a Kerry jersey. I'll put it that way. Um, I'm more a football fan now. But um, you know what? I, I'll probably put it back in the closet next week um, and take out the car jersey for next weekend's game in the Gaelic grounds. So I'll put it that way. But the Limer jersey on today, you know, it'll probably be um, today of all days, to be honest. Yeah, fair, fair. Yeah, I don't think... I was saying to you as well, like in terms of wearing other counties' colours, like there's probably a few counties I wouldn't mind wearing the jersey, but... There's definitely a few where I definitely wouldn't. And I think the likes of Kerry, even Cork to a certain extent, I don't know if I could wear a Cork jersey. Um, and then, you know, the likes of Mead or Kildare, Mayo, these these kind of counties, Tehran probably as well. Um, in fairness, Mead man says there's no excuse for the for the Limerick jersey. Um, says uh, says Mead man there. So definitely, definitely plenty, plenty of abuse uh, swinging your way there. But I suppose, yeah, we'll start anyway by looking at the, the, the game. I, I'll be honest with you, I never would have imagined ever when I woke up this morning, when, it, when we were planning to do this show, that the first game I would discuss was Wexford against Westmead because like Westmead have been hammered in all their games in the Leinster Hurling Championship this year, pretty much. Uh, and I think the last thing we expected was for Westmead to actually go away to Wexford in Wexford Park and beat them away from home. Like It's, it's the first time Westmead have beaten Wexford in the Championship since 1940. 
They were 17 points down early on at the start of the second half, and they came roaring back. I think they outscored Wexford by something like four four thirteen or to, to five points or some, something ridiculous and crazy like that. I mean, a, a phenomenal turnaround. And you'd have to say, like, this is probably one of the greatest comebacks in the history of the GA, if not the biggest. When you look at the the sort of gap that is supposed to be there between these two sides as well, like the fact that they, they beat Wexford is a shock enough. But to come from 17 points down, it's just remarkable, really. It's unreal. And uh, as I said earlier, like I turned off just notifications once the halftime score went in. But fair play to Westmead. What a performance. And I, Jason Keenan, um, coincidentally, a Westmead man on my podcast this weekend, what, he wasn't confident at all that Westmead would uh, win this game. And uh, he was, uh, you know, we were going over to the Antrim game. That's how little we thought of this game. Um, during the week, we thought this would be a whitewash. Wexford should win the game, and we were thinking hit to Westmead and Antrim next weekend. But suddenly, the pendulum has completely changed. And as I said earlier, Wexford could even go down now if they lose to Kilkenny, and uh, Westmead lose to Antrim, which is a realistic possibility. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough watch for Wexford fans next weekend. I, I actually recall you saying a few weeks back that Wexford could be in trouble with Joe McDonough. I'm thinking. Really, could they? Like, this should be Westmead. This should, let's be honest. At home, especially in Westford Park. But how Westmead, would, all the elements were against them, when you think about it. They were zero points uh, coming into today. 17 points down at halftime, away from home in Westford Park. And they somehow win the game. It's incredible, really. And uh, an incredible performance by Westmead. And obviously, we'll know what went right for Westmead, what went wrong for Westford later on in the Sunday game. But looking at that scoreline alone, it's a remarkable result. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the biggest championship comeback in history. I was looking earlier at um, a 42 article earlier on today and um, one that jumped off the page, there was only one that jumped off the page as significant as that um, in both codes, but, and that was in the football between Wexford and Mead in 2008. I'm not sure do any of the viewers remember that. It was a um, 10-point margin at halftime and then Wexford somehow came back into it. But this is a whole other level. Remarkable comeback for Westmead and congratulations to all of them. And I think Jason Keenan for the Law for Bread podcast will be jumping off um, you know, the roofs at this stage now tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Like absolutely remarkable. Like Noel Mitchell getting a couple of late goals. He he came off the bench, O'Brien with two goals and and three Noel O'Brien with two goals and three points as well. Like just a phenomenal comeback from a from a Westmead perspective. And as you said there, like they came in, they came into the championship with zero points. They they haven't won. I know they. I think they beat Leash last year, but like in terms of a big championship win against any of the big teams around the country, I, I can't remember like the last time. You might have to go as far back as nineteen forty, since they've actually got like a big win against one of the the sort of bigger sides. Um, so to come back from sixteen or from seventeen points down, and you also question as well from a Wexford point of view, like what on earth happened at Wexford Park? Like how do you? How do you blow a 17-point lead against Westmead? Like, with all due respect, like, that's just, that's incredible. Like, It really is. And, uh, like, I don't know what's the same story today. Obviously, it wasn't live shown, and we'll see later in the Sunday game. But a few weeks back, they were playing against Dublin. They had 48 shots. They hit 20 wides around that number. And that was absolutely, you'd question how on earth did they lose that game. And I don't know what it is about Wexford. Like, it's been a common team for them. In years gone by, like they, they take ridiculous shots from ridiculous angles, and they eventually put them wide loads of times. I think they had 
what was this, um, 18 wide in one game last year as well. Like it's remarkable how how um how how great can fall really Wexford. But um, even take it back to last year, when you look at the order order of the quarterfinal, they were ten minutes away beat for beating Clare. And Clare are now in a monster final. It's just remarkable how things just change really. And to lose a 17 points up against a Westmead team with no points on the board, Wexford are at home. Zero confidence for Westmead. Westmead fans don't even believe in themselves. And they somehow blow the lead. I don't know what went wrong. What did Darry Egan actually say to them at halftime? Because by, by my understanding, maybe it was something like the Wexford dads were having a joke around at halftime or something. Because that is yeah. inexcusable. Like, I know Westmead, fair play to them. Fair play to them. The game, they got the win today. And fair play to them for winning by two points. But the other side of the coin... Wexford, like, how on earth did this happen to them? I really don't know. And I'd say the lads, like, uh, coincidentally as well on my podcast, I'd lads, um, Ben Burney and Gary Dorn from the Wexford Hurling podcast, they were quite hopeful of Wexford in the next few weeks or so. And they were quite hopeful of beating Dublin last week. Now they have to worry about relegation. They must be tearing their hair out right now watching this. Like, I know you can lose a game to an underdog and stuff like that, like, um, we see in the football today with Kildare and Sligo, but that was a tight game throughout. This was 17 points at half time, and you somehow blow a lead. I don't think there's any coming back from this for Wexford, even if they do stay up next week. It's a long road to come back for Wexford after this. Yeah, and, and they are out of the, the championship as well. Like, we'll look at the league table in a minute, but that does rule them out, and it does put Dublin through to, 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 next, to the next round and um, playing one of the John McDonough sides, unless they happen to be Galway and, and we put ourselves in a Leinster final. Um, but yeah, just, just just madness, really. Like, and even looking at it there, like Westmead, I think, like, looking at it in Scorpio, I don't know his first, first name, so apologies, but Egerton got a black card at one stage in the, in, in the second half. So they were down to 14 men for, for a 10-minute period, and yet they still managed to, to come back from the dead. Like, I mean, does it show like that the gap maybe isn't as big as what we what we thought? Like we've seen Antrim obviously get a draw against Dublin earlier in the year. They were fairly competitive against Wexford as well. They were only beaten by by four points. Um, and obviously Westmead got hammered by Galway and Kilkenny, beaten quite comfortably by Dublin. They drew at Wexford last year at home. They've now beaten Wexford away from home. Like, is is it a sign that maybe the, the sort of gap between like the the sides like Westmead and Antrim, who we all would have perceived as you know relegation can, candidates from the Leinster Championship, does it show now that the gap is somewhat closed? Maybe so, maybe so. But yeah, you have to question as well um, how far have Wexford fallen back because I don't think Wexford underage is that bad. Judged yeah. by the under twenty final the other night against them, awfully and. If even if and I'll go back to my previous point about Wexford, even if they do stay up, you probably have Offaly coming up next year. We'll just say they beat Carlo in the Joe McDonald Cup final because they are favourites for next week. Best of luck to both sides, by the way. But if Offaly win that, they have the likes of Adam Screeny coming through the ranks. They've Charlie Mitchell. They still have Owen Calder. Like Offaly, looking at that result today, would be licking their lips coming up to Liam McCarthy next season. And Wexford could go down next season, if not this season. You know, it's incredible how far they've fallen. And um, and Antrim, like, it's a big result for Antrim as well because Antrim have to go into that Westmead game in Mullingar next week and go on and win it. You know, it's incredible, really, how things can turn. And, um, like, like, I was saying a few weeks ago, you don't know with this Wexford team, they could beat Kilkenny at home. Like, they beat yeah. them in Nolan Park last year. 
Like, who knows from this game? But honestly, and I think you think the same yourself, Aaron. I don't think they have a chance against Kilkenny. I know they're they're all putting in the Leinster final fair play to Kilkenny for that. But I don't think they're even getting close to even Kilkenny's second team at this rate, Wexford. They are a shambles at the moment and they need major reconstruction for next season. And will Darry can stay on? Like if Wexford go down this year, I don't think there's any coming back from that for Darry Egan. And it's going to be very, very tough to to pick themselves back up from that, despite the good performances from their under 20s. And there is players coming through there, AJ Raymond and Keen Keen Byrne from the Keen Byrne scored 14 points against Offaly. But that is a major, major kick in the teeth for Wexford today. And you don't know how they're going to respond after this. Yeah, I agree as well. Like it's hard, it's hard to really know like how 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 they're gonna fight back or how they're gonna they're gonna come back from this. Like the fact that, as you said there, like they, you know, they had a sixteen point lead, they were so comfortable, and as you said, like they were very close to beating Clare in the All Ireland quarterfinals last year. Um, you know, they went they they would have went into an All Ireland semi final against Kilkenny, having already beaten Kilkenny earlier in the year. Um, so like it's yeah, it's it's mad to think how 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 far it's fallen. Um, like they just don't look like like they seem to be very reliant on Lee Chin and whether it was a huge amount of complacency maybe like the fact that they were 16 points up 17 points up and they thought well let's just let's just completely turn our focus and turn our attention towards the Kilkenny game Dara Egan was maybe saying to the lads like don't get an injury um, just manage the game and, and to completely throw it away like I was looking on Twitter some people saying it was the, the worst result possibly in, in Wexford GA's history a lot of people calling out the, the county board as well, which I think is fair when you look at the decline of the footballers in the last sort of 10, 15 years. Um, like Wexford just seem in, in some mess and like they might get out of trouble and they might avoid relegation uh, depending on what happens between Antrim and Westmead next week. But you're looking at Wexford and thinking like they, they could go back here. Like if we've seen what Offaly, like what happened with Offaly, they went all the way down to the Christie ring. If it can happen to them, it can happen to Wexford. Definitely can, but even looking at the team sheet today, like you look at them players that Wexford have at their disposal: Connor McDonald, Lee Chin, Jack O'Connor, Rory O'Connor. Like they're they're normally quality players, and you you just imagine how on earth did they throw this game away? And I I'm even looking at them, Scorpio. No, they didn't even bring off any players at halftime, just to rest players for the Kilkenny next week. So, what on earth went wrong? I, I don't know what what it was really. Um like look, as I said previously, the underage is there for Wexford. The players are there. The manager, like Darry Egan nearly got up to an all the semi-final last year against Kil- against Kilkenny, I think it was. And now to lose to Wexford and be on the edge of relegation, it's some turn up for the books for Wexford. And I don't know how they're gonna respond from this. Is it the most embarrassing result in Wexford's county history? It probably is, to be honest with you. And I think the players would have to take full responsibility for this. Um, it's an incredible, incredible downfall. And yeah, I don't know how they recover really, but um, fair play to Westmead again. What a win for them. Uh, um, I've seen um, Kieran Doyle scored 11 points as well today, which was an excellent performance from him. Um, but yeah, and Noel O'Brien, excellent performance as well. Fully deserved today, but for West, for Wexford, what are they going to do next week if they, if they go down to the Joe McDonough Cup and... It's an interesting point, actually, you mentioned about Offaly. Could it happen to Wexford? Like it's, it's a difficult one because you don't know who's coming up from the Christie ring at the same time. I'm not sure. I don't think it's Mayo. I don't think it's London. It's Rowan. 
I think it's Derry and Mead in the final. I think it's mm. I think it's that anyway. So you you'd imagine Wexford are better than either them two teams anyway. Well, I hope that is the case for Wexford because if it isn't, my God, how far they've fallen after the Clare game. Like for going from sixth in the country realistically last season to all the way down to what twelfth or thirteenth, it's incredible, really, Ireland. Yeah, you don't know how Wexford's hurling is going to recover from this. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Irish goalkeeper says here, what a result for Westmead. Uh, Wexford won Leinster in 2019. They did, they did. And it's 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 incredible to think, like, you had a lot of Wexford fans who, who wanted Davy to leave and everything else. And, and look, maybe the same thing would have happened under Davy Fitz. We don't exactly know, but... Yeah, it's incredible to think um, the, of the fall of Wexford. Uh, Shane says, considering Westmead, we're missing Killian Doyle and Angus Clark as well. Like they're two big players as well. I think Killian Doyle might be away in the UK or something. So a huge, huge uh, blow to not have him available and to still go and do what they've done uh, make make makes the the comeback even that bit more uh, special, in my opinion. Gavin was asking here, are you lads doing a separate football recap? Yeah, we'll be discussing the football probably in about half an hour. Uh, or so, and uh, we'll run through the, the football results. Just start with the, the hurling games this time around because I think there's probably more to talk about realistically um, in the hurling championship from the from the weekend. Um, I suppose we'll go with the. I suppose we'll circle back to Leinster a little bit later on, but we'll have a look at the Munster championship. It was Limerick twenty five points, Tipperary twenty five points. Um, I suppose having them in reverse order really because Tipperary were obviously at home in uh, in Turles, but. Yeah, I mean, your adopted county, Limerick, um, I suppose, nearly managed to, to pull out the, uh, the the victory towards the end. Obviously, late point by uh, by John McGrath, but a game that could have went either way. It looked like Tipperary were going to nick it. Then Limerick came roaring back in, in injury time, even though they were down to 14 men. Crazy game, and it goes down to the war now on the final day. It does, yeah. And uh, at the same time, Limerick performed, I thought they performed validly today, especially in the second half. Like, yeah, when you actually look at them um, statistically, they had uh, more scores from play than Tipperary, 19 points to 14. But actually, Limerick had 43 shots today and uh, Tipperary at 34. But I would think Tipperary actually had 17 or 18 points specifically from turnovers today, which, which and it was probably evident on the TV. Like, Cahill Barrett was outstanding on Seamus Flanagan. What a performance from him, probably nearly player of the week. And uh, Noel McGrath was outstanding. I think Brian O'Mara had a very good game for centre-back. I think Reece Shelley in goal for Tipperary definitely grew into it in his championship debut. He was a bit shaky at the start, but he started to get uh, pokes away in fairness to him. Jake Morris was just outstanding in the first half. Uh, Garrod O'Connor, brilliant in the forward line as well. Alan Tyne had yet another outstanding game today. And um, yeah, it could have gone either way. Could it have gone to Tipperary? Like there was a line ball incident that um, it clearly touched the Limerick guy. I think it was Mike Casey's um, Shane Bowen. And it went out and he was given a Limerick ball. And I think Limerick scored a point from that. So like, who's to know? Like Tipperary could have easily won that game today if things went their way. They got that free through um, from uh, uh, John McGrath towards the end. And he was probably brought on a bit too late for my liking. I thought... I think John McGrath is an outstanding hurler and maybe should have been brought on earlier. But as Liam Cahill might say in media afterwards, it was the right time to bring him on. And it was brilliant, brilliant uh, winning um, of the game at the end. And uh, Cahill O'Neill was outstanding for Limerick after that. The Garrett Hagerty wasn't good. Keane Lynch wasn't particularly on song today. Will O'Donoghue, neither all the players that usually step up for them weren't there today. But Cahill O'Neill, five points for play. Outstanding performance from him. Seamus Vanagan had that battle with him. Um, 
with uh, Barris today from uh, Tipperary and Aaron Galan. What a player he is, and probably one of the most underrated players when you talk about the best players in the country. Tom Morrissey, excellent. So, brilliant performances on both sides. They had to fight and the brawl towards the end as well on the pitch. It didn't get involved in the fans, which was great at the same time. But, yeah, brilliant, brilliant game of hurling. And, um, yeah, the Monster Championship delivers once again. Yeah, and I suppose from a Limerick perspective, like, Obviously, three points that they've taken now from from, from their opening three games, a, a win, a lose and a draw um, is what they've ended up with after three games going into that decisive game against Cork. But as you said there, like definitely a few players in this Limerick side that haven't really sort of shot the lights out so far, which is a bit of a surprise. Garrod Hegarty, Keen Lynch, Cole Hayes to a certain extent. Um, Tom Morrissey looked good today, but I think he was quiet enough in a lot of the other matches. Aaron Glan scored six points today, still played well, but was probably isolated in some ways, uh, you know, in that in, in that full forward line. Um, and, like, what do you think? Like, have Limerick declined ever so slightly? Has the competition improved? Did they go too strong in the league? Like, or or is it still, you know, because they st- if they go out and beat Cork, they're, they're going to obviously progress on and get out of the Munster Championship. But what, what what do you think? Like, what's what's been the reason for maybe some of Limerick's inconsistent results and performances so far? I think like, even today their their shooting was very inaccurate. Like even not looking at stats for a minute, look at the game itself. Like Jorbert Burns was hitting a uh, freeze today that you'd normally see him put over the bar. Like Tom Morrissey was near the same as well early on. He grew into it in fairness. Gerald Hagerty was nearly anonymous. I know it was a brilliant sprint that he came back at the team from a Limerick point of view, but I don't think he hardly touched the ball today, which is a worrying sign for Limerick. Keith Lynch missed an easy chance in the first half as well. And the Tipperary fans were absolutely uh, jubilant after that. I remember after early on in the game. And he didn't have his best game either. Peter Casey even came on and looked a bit shaky. I don't know, is it just the players feeling the pressure a small bit today? I don't know what Like, at the same time, seeing the Cork lost, maybe it should have calmed the Limerick players more. Because let's imagine if Cork won the game. Limerick would have gone into a jittery. And they made a lot more mistakes than they did, and Tipperary would have capitalised, and that was them out of the championship. So, like, you would have thought with Cork losing, Tip Limerick would have had an extra verve with them. They didn't mm. seem to do it in the first half, and Tipperary definitely picked off scores. But I think Limerick definitely, you know, showed their class in the second half. I thought Declan Hannon stood up really well from centre back. I thought, yeah, Graham Mulcahy. Um, coming on coming on was outstanding. I think he hit three points from playing the second half and he had a bit of spice to the game as well. Brilliant performance. And um, you have to credit Tipperary as well. The Tipperary were very, very good and they still didn't win the game. Clare, very good um, against Limerick in the previous few weeks. And the Cork will no doubt um, show it to Limerick next week because they have more of a backbone now this year. So look, it's not going to be easy for Limerick this year. I just think it's a bit of both really. Um, the Glimmerick kind of off colour because they're they're kind of you know nervous at a few games this season, but at the same time, Cork, Clare, Tipperary have all improved vastly uh, this season, and I think that's mainly the reason why Limerick are so low low down the table. But they can go and and win win against Cork next week in the Gaelic Grounds, and then all the problems will be resolved, and then they'll go ahead and play a Leinster final team or something like that. Probably uh, the loser Galway Kilkenny, and. They'll have more confidence again, but this Limber team is not done, not done by a long shot. There's still more in Hagerty, there's still more in Lynch, there's still more in Mike Casey. Another thing before I switch over to you, um, the absence of Sean Finn was big. 
Yeah. You know, I just think the Limerick uh, backline looked a bit more jittery without him there. And he's that calming influence. And he's out for the full season now. So that's a big thing for Limerick uh, going into the next few weeks. So it definitely puts more pressure on the likes of Lynch and uh, Hagerty to perform better than they did um, today for the next few weeks. I'm sure they will, but they need to work a lot harder to get that right. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think I think they I think they showed a lot of good moments in the game, Limerick. Like they showed a lot of battle, especially when they went down to, to 14 men and when Barry Nash was sent off. Like I think there were two points down at that stage to manage to fight it back and score the next three points to go a point in front. I think showed a tremendous amount of resolve. Um, especially being away from home against the against a very good uh, Tipperary side. Uh, Kurt says it's crazy to think if Cork beat or draw with Limerick, Limerick will be out of the uh, out of the championship. Yeah, absolutely mad. Like obviously Cork have the better score difference. Um, so they would progress on the on the on the basis of that if it is a draw. Um, as you were saying about Tipperary, like Gerardo Connor, nine points from him, very good performance. Connor Bow when he came on was excellent. Jake Morris, Mark Keogh, Noel McGrath, all uh, having very impressive performances there for for Tipperary. And like they'd be good they didn't get over the line and get that win versus Limerick, but again, like Tipperary they're they're still unbeaten in the championship. You know they they play Waterford next week. You'd fancy them to beat Waterford, and you'd fancy them to 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 get into that Munster final and and possibly you know between them and Clare, I mean that would be a cracker of a game. But then again, like there could be a situation where um, Tip lose to Waterford and then Limerick and Cork draw. Then it goes down to scoring difference. We don't know yet about the scoring difference. I actually haven't checked it before I went on, but it'd be very interesting to see that. In general, but like even John Milan was mentioning on RT Radio One today, like there still could be kicking Watford next week. Like, and I was thinking this to myself: Okay, Watford have done very, very poor this season. They'd be probably an embarrassment for both their games. But you'd be thinking two things: Number one, they don't want to disappoint the Watford crowd even more because they don't want to, you know, fire them up in in the next year or so. And Davy Fitz would be under massive pressure if there's another capitulation like there is in the last few weeks. So I'm sure Davy Fitz will be saying to his players, look, this is pride now. No pressure on you. Go out and deliver. And another thing as well, they may as well put out their first team because like, there's no there's no other games after this. So And there's not club in Watford until, what, July, August? So that's a yeah. long time. So I just think they'll put out a strong team. And there's an extra incentive as well to possibly knock um, one of Limerick Cork uh, Tipperary out of the championship as well. So there's a lot of things actually going for Watford, despite the fact that they're out of the championship. They still have a bit to play in it. Do I think they'll beat Tipperary next week? Probably not. But I think they're still going to be fighting them next week. And Tipperary still have to be on their A game to beat them. But the, as for Tipperary, the signs do look good. Like Their their performance today was outstanding. Their performances against Cork and, um, and uh, Clare as well were very, very good, very pleasing. And when you think about it last year, we talked about Wexford being the sixth best team in the country and coming close to Clare. Tipperary were on a similar trend to Watford are this year. They were one of the most laughing stocks of Munster hurling last season. Like they sat their manager Colin Bonner for no particular reason, really. They lost four games really without a whimper. Like that game against Cork was just depressing from the Tipperary fans' point of view. You know, mm-hmm. and to come back and perform as well as they did this season. It's a credit to Liam Cahill and his management team. And I think um, Dan McCormick said, and, and uh, Joanne and uh, the lads today, that um, they put a lot in at Christmas, before Christmas and all that. They did a lot of running and training sessions. And you could definitely see it today. Like Liam Cahill had them drilled 
But at the same time, I know they're performing well, but they still have to be on their complete A game against Waterford next week if they are going to be sure of progressing to the Munster final um, possibility. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, plenty of uh, plenty of comments flying in here. Meadman says, will you be doing predictions for the lower tier hurling competitions like John McDonough final, Christy Ring? Yeah, definitely, definitely will do predictions when uh, when those finals uh, do come around in a couple of weeks' time. I think Mead and Derry and Offaly and Carlo in the respective finals. So definitely be interesting to see uh, what happens in those. And hopefully they are on TV or accessible somewhere. Um I suppose moving on then to the other game that took place in the Munster Championship, it was Clare 222, Cork 318, a late point from German Ryan getting Clare over the line. Clare, of course, who led by nine points at one stage early on in the second half. Cork fought back with Declan Dalton and Patrick Horgan obviously getting decisive goals late on. And um, yeah, another tough one from a Cork perspective, another game where you've battled back and, and fought back from the dead, but in the end, it's clear that they take the points. And the fact that, obviously, Cork are going to wait to Limerick next week, it's going to be tough for Cork, I think, to, to get themselves out of it and get them and progress on. And that's despite, like, they've, they have played well in a lot of these games. They have, and that's the disappointing thing. I said to you after the Tipperary game, like, there is fight there. There is players there for Cork, and there is reasons to be proud as a Cork supporter. But the problem is, Clare, Tip and Limerick are just better than us at the moment. Like, you look at Clare today, even. Like, they had 41 shots compared to Cork's 34. Like, Clare dominated proceedings, and they really threw the game away later on, Clare, with some ridiculous wides, really. I think Tony Kelly hit a few freeze wides. Like, to be fair, Tony Kelly scored 2-4, but he, he nearly bags up uh, that win afterwards with uh, a few wides. Peter Duggan then took over the free-taking duties that he missed. So you were thinking, is there a chance here for Cork? Then Patrick Harkin scores that goal. And at that point, Aaron, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I thought Cork were going to win it. I thought the momentum was there with the Cork team after that. But fair play to Clare, I have to say. Like um, David McInerney, I think uh, it was mentioned on the RTE today that um, like he was the guy who um, missed, missed the flight of the ball for the Patrick Harkin goal. And he was sort of to blame for that. But he goes ahead and scores two points after that, which is amazing resilience, to be fair to him. And Jermaine Ryan, what a score towards the end uh, to win it. For Clare, there was pandemonium, obviously, uh, in the ground afterwards. From a Clare point of view, but from a car point of view, it's a kick in the teeth. It really is. Um, not because they performed badly or anything like that. It's just the way they lost the game. And honestly, do I think a draw was a fair result? If it was a draw, probably. It maybe was a fair result. Maybe that's just uh, me being boys Cork fan and all that. But fair play to Clare, fair play to Jarvis Ryan and they're the Munster final now and um, they definitely fancy their chances considering it's most likely, most likely I'll stress them more as now that Tipperary will join them. Yeah, like and, and I suppose like the most like I'd imagine as a Cork supporter like one of the most disappointing things maybe from a Cork perspective is as you said like there's been a lot of good performances and you know that that's kind of been frustrating but at the same time like there has been some inconsistencies in their performances as well like there does seem to be lapses throughout games where Cork will switch off for 10-15 minutes and then have to drag a game back like you have to battle back against Tipperary you have to battle back in this game you think to the Limerick game earlier on uh, in the league as well on the opening day like it does seem to be a bit of a common trend with Cork and I imagine that is a little bit worrying because if you have a period where you switch off for 15-20 minutes against Limerick like they'll if they're on it especially in the Gaelic rounds like Limerick will put Cork to bed like especially if they're on it so like that's definitely a, a worry from a from a Cork perspective, I'd imagine. 
Dipney is in probably the over-reliance on Patrick Horgan, like brilliant performance by him. I think he scored 1-4 from player around that number. I'll have to double-check it now, but an excellent performance by him. But I said it a few weeks ago, and I'll say it again. We can't keep relying on Patrick Horgan every week. Like, he's 35 now. You know, there's other players that need to step up. Like, other than the goal, I don't think Dickie Dalton did enough today, I'll be honest with you. Um, yes, Shane Kingston scored that point late on. It looked like a, a crucial score for Carr towards the end. But he needs to be starting, Shane Kingston. He's probably one of our best forwards, and he's left on the bench, which is mind-boggling, to be honest with you. Um, there's a few mind-boggling um, selections and all that. Sean O'Donoghue came in for his first appearance since the Limerick game in the league in February, which is a positive sign. I think he's a brilliant defender. A brilliant, strong defender, strong runner as well. And Damien Callahan played well at times today. Today as well, uh, to an extent, but um, but yeah, some some there were some instances that instances Cork struggled, especially under the high ball. Like the Tony Kelly goal in the first half was almost suicidal. You know, I know it was a well taken goal from uh, TK himself, but the Cork should have dealt with that much better than it is. Um, it was a soft, soft goal to concede then, but um, yeah, I just think more forwards need to step up. Brian Roach had another stormer of a game today. He's been excellent in the Munster Championship campaign so far. He scored another two points this afternoon and he was outstanding. But um, there needs to be more performances like that for Kirk and to progress even further. What I will say, though, there is fight. There is fight. Um, you wouldn't have said that in the last few years. Like A lot of Cork teams would just collapse and it was it was embarrassing at, at times. I, I think back to Jimmy Barry Murphy's last game as manager, I think it was in 2015 against Galway. Like in that all the quarterfinal, Cork completely out of it and just down to it completely. But there seems to be a change in mentality now under Pat Ryan. The players are fighting. They're simply fighting. And I definitely give us a chance against Limerick next week. Do I think we'll win it? The Gaelic grounds probably not. I think Limerick are still an unbelievable side if they switch it on just like that. But I think if they do what they did against Clare at times of the game today, like play the long ball into Patrick Harvey, because Limerick were vulnerable against Tipperary today without Sean Finn, that could be an avenue where Cork kind of excel. So we'll have to see over the next uh, next week how that progresses. But I'd be still confident, even if Cork um, failed to make it out of Munster, I'd be still confident about Cork in the years ahead. And obviously another 20 final as well to look forward to against Offaly um, on the bank holiday week into June. So... All in the up for Cork Hurling and Pat Ryan is the right man to take this team forward. Yeah, Kurt says here for Cork, it's facing the defending All-Ireland champions going for four in a row this year. If they do manage to beat Limerick, anything short of winning the All-Ireland this year would be a real letdown. Um, yeah, like I mean, it's a it's a huge, huge game for, for Cork. And if they were to go away to Limerick and be the ones to essentially knock them out of the championship, like it would the amount of confidence it would give the Cork side. And I think regardless of whether you get to a Munster final or whether you finish third, I think Cork would, would have to be considered a serious, serious threat then for the remainder of the All-Ireland series. Um, I suppose from a Clare perspective, like, as you said, like Tony Kelly was excellent, 2-4 from him. Aidan McCarthy, very good, um, a very good performance. You know, Peter Duggan looking good as well, Shane O'Donnell. So, like, from a Clare perspective, like, I mean, they're, you know, they've won three games on the bounce now. They've beaten Cork. Uh, Waterford and Limerick in this spell. Like, are they are they the favourites now potentially for the All Ireland, or would you still look at Limerick as the as the favourites? 
Roy, no, you'll probably have to go for Clare. Um, Kilkenny would be not too far behind either, but they're still, like, Clare performed well, and they performed well in a previous game so far. They had a brilliant win today, brilliant win against uh, Limerick, and a brilliant win against Watford, fair play to them. But my issue with Clare in terms of the All-Ireland, there's always a capitulation in them. Like, you look at the Kilkenny game last season, they could see, what was a 16 points in one half of hurling, which was absolutely criminal to an extent. Um, against Tipperary this year, they could see five goals in one game, which is inexcusable, really. Um, like I just think Leclerc have the players, there's no doubt about that. Like Mark Rogers, Shane O'Donnell, uh, Tony Kelly, outstanding players, David Fitzgerald as well. But there's always that sense of capitulation in Clare. And I don't know yeah. what it is about them. Maybe they could change that, change their ways in um, the few weeks ahead as the championship progresses. But they have to sort that out. If they don't sort that out in the next few weeks, they, they probably won't win the All-Ireland, I'll be honest with you. But if they do sort it out, they probably would. But at the same time, this sort of capitulation happens in the first round of Munster as recently as this season against Tipperary. So there's still that um, lingering at the back of their minds. So uh, right now, I probably I'd probably have Kilkenny as favourites for the All-Ireland, if I'm honest with you, uh, because of players' you know, capacity to bottle it in, in big situations. But in terms of player for player, in terms of the manager, I actually think Clare at the upper hand. It's just a mentality thing with Clare at the mm-hmm. moment. But if Limerick make it through against Cork next week, you have to fancy Limerick to go on and win the All-Ireland. If, even if they don't make the Munster point, then probably an extra game for Limerick would probably suit them even more facing a Joe McDonough Cup team. So it'd be interesting to see in the next few weeks. Yes, yeah, an interesting point. All right. like I probably would agree. Like I think Kilkenny... In terms of the players that they have available to them, in, ter- in terms of the the fact that they have that mental sort of um, fortitude to, to win a lot of the big games, obviously semi finals, you know, there's all Ireland winners in that side. I know there's a few in the Clare team as well, but all Ireland club winners, players that have played in the all Ireland final last year. Um, and Kilkenny are probably going under the radar with the fact that they're playing in the Leinster Championship. Like they're not getting as much competitive games as what Clare are getting. And I don't think there's much hype around Kilkenny probably uh, probably because of that. But I think between Clare, Kilkenny, and you'd still have to put Limerick in, in that bracket as well. Like I think, you know, once if, if they can get past Cork and then you'd fancy them to get to a, a quarterfinal and then possibly beyond that as well. So um, Limerick definitely uh, still in the conversation. I think Tipperary definitely have to be in the, in the conversation as well, uh, in fairness. Um, We'll have a look at the uh, league table anyway, or the Munster Round Robin table, and how things look. So as you can see there, Clare are sitting on six points, um, so they're guaranteed to be in the Munster final. Tipperary are in second with four points, and you've got Cork and Limerick both level on uh, on three points. So as you said there, like if Cork and Limerick were to draw and Tipperary were to lose, it would go down to score difference, um, and I suppose it would depend on how much Tipperary were beaten by. Um, but if Tipperary were beaten by more than four points, let's say, um, then Limerick, uh, or, or more than five points actually, then Limerick would be the ones uh, to progress. So, like when you look at the when you look at the scenario, like going into next weekend's final games, it's gonna be it's gonna be so exciting seeing them, and like, there's so much to play for as well, which is great. It is. It's absolutely brilliant, and another Super Sunday of uh, hurling action as well in Munster, which is going to be absolutely. Wall to wall action, definitely. And um, but at the same time, as I said earlier, I know a lot of people are saying Watford, Tipperary will, and uh, you know, um, just you know, they'll absolutely hammer Watford in the next few weeks. But the more I think about John Milan's comments 
on RT Radio today, the more I think Waterford could put up a big performance. I just genuinely think so. I just think they can't go out of this year without a whimper. That's uh, my yeah. honest uh, feeling on it because the Waterford fans will not take lightly to, um, to Waterford's performances already this season. The Waterford players have one chance now to redeem themselves somewhat. They can they just go on and beat Tipperary and put in a massive performance. Will they beat them by five points? They could do. They could do. They still have the players like Austin Gleason, um, Daisy Hutchins and Patrick Fitzgerald, Stephen Bennett, if they're on form. That's the key word here, on form. And um, if those situations were to happen, if Watford were to beat um, Tipperary by five points or more, and Limerick and Cork were to draw, then it would actually be Cork and the Munster final against Clare, and Limerick would uh, be in third place. So realistically, I think Limerick would probably take third place. They'd snap your hand off for that, to be honest with you. But uh, it's going to be a very, very exciting um, day of hurling. And um, yeah, don't sleep on Waterford is all I say. Yeah, an interesting comment here from Stockroom, uh, who says uh, the ref roads tip today. Um, maybe an interesting point. Like, what was your thoughts on some of the the refereeing decisions in that Tipperary Limerick game earlier? Like, I mean, the, the sending off for Barry Nash at all was a little bit harsh, to be honest with you. Um, I thought there was. There was easy decisions going both ways. There were soft frees both ways, but that just seems to be the case, really, in my opinion, in the GA. I think other other than that, the referee was did all right, in my opinion. But what do you think? And as I mentioned earlier, like I know decisions would swing around about that Limerick game, um, so I don't ball. It should have gone to should have gone to Tipperary, and then Barry Nash sending off should have gone the way of Limerick. So it kind of evens itself out. And I know there's inconsistencies in referees, and we know that. Like it's a tough yeah. job for them, simple as that. But but once the decisions even themselves out, I'm happy with that. Like even I know we're going to football now, but even the, the live stream for the Cork and Dublin game early on in the league, I know Ian McGuire got sent off, but then Lee Gallagher gets sent off. And you think yeah. that's level playing field then. As long as it's leveled out as the game goes on, that's fine. You know, I, I'd be okay with that. And I was okay with the referee today, to be honest with you. I I just want to applaud two um, the two teams today on a brilliant action um, Pat's uh, day of hurling today absolutely absolutely I suppose we'll run through the, the two other games in Leinster very briefly so it was Kilkenny 27 points Dublin 21 points and it was Galway 5.29 Antrim 122 so very comprehensive result there uh, from a Galway perspective I've seen Connor Whelan got two goals Evan Nyland with eight points um, on the score sheet Connor Cooney with seven points as well um, so very good uh, result there from a Galway perspective and uh, taking care of business, unlike what we've seen with, with Wexford earlier today. Um, and then the, the Dublin game, um, I didn't see any of it, unfortunately, but hopefully catch the highlights a little bit later on. Um, from what I heard, like Dublin competed fairly well um, and it was just more so in the sort of final quarter where Kilkenny started to, to pull away, like especially in the second half. Um but like as a Dublin fan, I'm not too disheartened with that. Like losing to six points away to Kilkenny and Nolan Park, it's not the worst result in the world, in fairness. Um, and I suppose with the fact that obviously Westmead beat Wexford, it means that Dublin, you know, Dublin will progress out of the Leinster Championship, which I think was the aim at the start of the year. And I suppose it takes the edge off the Galway game ever so slightly now. It does, yeah. And uh, yeah, to be honest, these were non events today. Like Galway, fair play to them, getting over the line against Antrim. But Galway are are sitting their bar higher than Wexford, let's be honest. I know you mentioned Wexford there, but Galway are in a much better place than Wexford at the moment. And they're going for all their titles. 
As for the Kilkenny Dublin game, to be honest, I only watched a bit of the highlights in the Saturday game last night. It's boring enough in culture, to be honest, but you, you knew Kilkenny were going to get through. A pleasing aspect for Kilkenny, two things really. Mossy Cuman's performance was brilliant, I was hearing last night, so fair play to him. And uh, Billy Drennan was back at the 26, so he's back fully fit for Kilkenny as well. So, look, Kilkenny are coming, and I honestly, I would, like, if Limerick lose to Cork next week, I'd back Kilkenny to go on all the way and win the Ireland because of the players they have, because of the mentality they have, and um, because they have the likes of TJ Reid. And um, before we leave this game, congratulations to TJ Reid, and uh, now the top scorer in Championship, unless Patrick Orbit took him over today, I'm not entirely sure, but as of last night, he was the top scorer in Championship hurling, so fair play to him. Yeah, and you'd imagine, like, I suppose both both players are a similar age profile, so it might be, it's a bit like the Ronaldo-Messi situation there, like trying to keep track of goals and, and everything else. So it'll be interesting to see sort of what happens there over the over the, over the the next while. Um, but yeah, looking at the league table, so this is how things finish up. Galway and Kilkenny both on seven points. Dublin with five points. Uh, obviously, the top three, they're guaranteed. In which order, we don't know yet. You've got Wexford with two points, uh, Westmead with two, and Antrim with one. I suppose looking at it there, I mean, what do you reckon? Do you think Galway will be too strong for Dublin? There's no chance for Dublin to get into a, a Leinster final, do you think? That game, obviously, at Crow Park next weekend. Um, and in terms of relegation, like, obviously, Antrim have to play Westmead. Um, so, what like what, what what do you reckon could uh, could happen there as well? It's a tough one. I think like, it's a very tough one. I honestly think Antrim are in massive danger. I know Wexford, we talked about them earlier on the show, as being, um, you know, it was a, a, the worst result in Wexford's history and they could even go down. But Westmead would be bought after that result and the game's on in Mulligar next week. So I'd actually worry more about Antrim rather than Westmead. And considering Antrim got a bit of a trimming today off uh, Galway, I'd have to fancy Westmead to win that game and probably Antrim to go down, unfortunately. And unfortunately for your good sales, Aaron, I think Dublin are not getting to the Linster final this year. I think Galway should. This wasn't pretty easily, but at the same time, a uh, Joe McDonough Cup uh, winner, I think, is uh, who Dublin will face. So, like, awfully Dublin, that's still a tight affair, I think. Like, awfully Hurling's yeah. on, the, on the rise at the moment. So, like, Dublin still have to be on their toes. Remember what happened in 2019 against Leash? And I did predict at the start of the year, before we uh, leave the Hurling chat, that Offley would beat Dublin in that round in the preliminary quarterfinal at this start of the season. It's looking mm. that way. The, well, it's looking that way. The fixture will occur. Will the results? We'll have to see. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's definitely an interesting point. All right, and um, I think that game, I think it will be fixed for Tullamore as well. Um, if, if that is what what happens, if Offaly do beat Carlo, um, so that will be yeah, that'd be one one cracker of a game, and definitely from a Dublin perspective, like to be thinking back to obviously what happened in 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 twenty nineteen versus Leash. And making sure it uh, it doesn't happen again. I suppose player of the week and, and moment of the week from the All Ireland Hurling Championship before we move on to the football championship what action. What what are you thinking? Player of the week. I probably have to go Noel O'Brien, don't I? From Westmead. What a performance with two three and to get Westmead pulling and dragging back into the game. Brilliant performance by him. But with special mentions as well to uh, Derbert Ryan of Clare, who was excellent against Cork, and Cahal Barrett at full-back for Tipperary, who had a brilliant hustle with Seamus Flanagan today. Moment of the week, you can't look past Westmead, really. What a victory. What a victory for the whole Westmead today. And Westford Hurling is in the mode completely. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that as well. I think moment of the week, you, you can't look past Westmead's win versus Wexford. I mean, to come back from 
16 points, 17 points down. Like you're talking about probably one of the moments of the year, to be honest with you, um, let alone moments of the week. So I think I would definitely agree with that. I think Jeremy Ryan's late point versus Cork, I think you can argue was was up there. But um, yeah, I don't think you can you can take away from the, the Westmead win in fairness. Um, and in terms of player of the week, I think I picked Tony Kelly before in my preview show during the week. So probably lean towards him um, as player of the week. Two goals and four points. Give myself a... A bit of credit there for the for the prediction. I really get them right in fairness, so uh, I might as well take the take the wins while I can. But yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap this up here before my internet decides to completely cut out again. Um, definitely getting on to air now. I think I think enough is enough now. I've had enough. I'm making a stand. So, uh, but yeah, Matthew, cheers very much for coming on, and uh, yeah, thanks to anyone who tuned in. We recently hit four thousand subscribers as well, so great. Uh, Great milestone. So, uh, yeah, very much appreciate anyone who's been uh, tuning into the show. And, um, yeah, if you could hit the like button and subscribe, make sure to check out Matthew's podcast as well, the GA Statsman podcast. Uh, make sure to check that out as well. And, um, yeah, cheers, Matthew, for coming on. And cheers, anyone who tuned in. Thanks, everyone.